It's Friday, October 22nd, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, he's back after four shows off. Please welcome Derek Miner. What up, baby? Oh, man, we missed you, bud. I'm glad you're back. Missed you guys, really too. Did. You look rested. And we you look refreshed. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you have. Listen, all I, all I know is I'm trying to figure out. I, all I know is I got tagged in a tweet with y'all on a duck boat. And, <laughs> and, and, it's flat, and I'm just like, I'm like, they just they just went off the rails while mm-hmm. I was gone. No, there was nobody there to keep everything in check. I get it. Yeah. That was that was also after we informed you via text thread that this show has gone full wizard <laughs> now. It's uh, mostly a wizard talk. Right. And there's no going back. It's it's a lot of discussions of wizard. <laughs> and and uh, joining us this week, uh, sitting in for Jamie, who's out for the next two episodes, is our uh, associate editor uh, from East Texas. I can't even say the name of the town. I can't pronounce it. Please welcome downtown Emily Brown. Hey y'all, There we go. Thank you, Nagadot. Hey, that's my. <laughs> hey, look, that, look, that's my homie Emily from Nagadotches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you gotta say it just like that, Nagadotches. You gotta I, say it like to that. To see it spelled out, Nagadotches does not come to mind. I read well, English. And you it just, just gotta a, be careful because you might get punched if you. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. Come off yeah. the wrong way. You put a, 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 a R where an A should go or anything like that. <laughs> oh my god! You might be bad. Okay. Emily, help me help me out here regionally. Yeah, yeah. help me out. Yeah, careful, careful. I'm just saying, you just walk Say lightly slowly. when you pronounce it nagadoches. You know what I'm saying? Enunciate, please. Enunciate. You know? Use Say all some sil- yeah. everything in your mouth to say it. You say it correctly. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just say East Texas. I just avoid it. You just ignore the G. That's it. Just take out the G Mm, that's in Nacogdoches, which Uh. if you don't know how to spell it, like me saying that there's a G in the word Nacogdoches sounds weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird. I'm telling you, looking at the letters (laughs) phonetically, it does not say Nacogdoches. It doesn't. I didn't name it, so I can't really be blamed. But what is a Nacogdoches? Uh, is it is it like a is it like a a, a deer no, or is it a yeah it's, it's Caddo. Um, so the story goes there was the Caddo chief. He had two sons, Nacogdoches and Natchitoches, and he split. He told one to go like three days east, one to go three days west. So there's Natchitoches in Louisiana and Nacogdoches in Texas. No way. So like Romulus and Remus. There's a college in both towns. We have like a rival. Oh, go ahead. Oh, wow. Mm. That's kind of like what happened when um, Joseph Smith died and the Mormons uh, got split between Brigham Young and King Strang. King Strang, uh, they were fighting to take on the the Mormon, you know, kingdom. And uh, Joseph Smith won and King Strang Mormon went kingdom. up. Is that, is that for real? Is, are, are you joking? Are you no, joking? This is dead, the, Mor- true. the Mormon he, kingdom? So so then Strang went up to Beaver Island in Michigan and declared it a sovereign land. He's the only person in American history to ever declare, uh, you know, to claim American soil as a sovereign nation. And he ended up living a crazy life. He led a cult. He was a st- elected senator. He was uh, murdered by his own followers, 
live 10 more days. Like, it, it's just it's just crazy. Anyway. Oh, no, no tell me, you said he was murdered and then lived 10 more days? Well, well, he was assassinated. He was shot point blank by his followers, lived 10 more days. And, and Anyway, yeah. It's just I was going to say, story. is he Jesus? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make sure. <laughs> and I got my house in order. So, so listen, I, you know, I know the story about this guy who declared he was the king of this invisible kingdom. Yes. Okay. But get this. Okay. After that, the, the religious figures of his day found him blameless or, or the, the government. Yeah. And then religious figures had the government kill him. Yep. And then he came back from the dead. There are some crazy you stories know, I think on I that. I heard that story too once. Yeah. I'm related to him. And he had this yeah. crazy thing. He wanted us to like love our enemies, not threaten them. I, I, <laughs> oh I mean, this guy was really, you know. Now, Emily, I have one I have one question about this this mythos from your your region so the story goes there's a father and he and the two sons he's basically it's it's a modern equivalent of if i walk in and my kids are fighting i'm like okay break it up you two what's going on here you go to your room nagadocious you go for a four-day walk and never see us again it's like whoa 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 this this is couldn't they've just gone you know like it seems like a pretty intense sibling conflict that one was required to walk for what you said four days i think it was three days okay so first off i was not raised in east texas i'm from dallas so this is told to me oh she said she had to let y'all know i'm from the dirty d you know what i'm saying yes gotta clarify but i have been here for eight years so i'm like an honorary i hate this we call them if you're from knack you call yourself a knack rat um i don't call myself a knack rat because that's gross but yeah that sounds nasty um yeah, nasty knack. But nasty um, knack is what they call uh, it. Nasty knack. Yeah. That's kind of that, a hard little yeah, name, though. Like you know what I'm saying? Nasty knack. I, I was gonna say for for a, for a town in East Texas that I haven't heard of up to now, they seem to have a pretty rich sort of like cultural uh, identity. We're the there. oldest town in Texas. So we celebrated like 300 years. Meaning, like the people who live ago. there are the oldest, like arguably citizens? yes. Arguably, yeah. There are a lot of old people here. Um, but no, we are the oldest, supposedly the oldest town in Texas. Again, I haven't fact checked this because I don't care enough, but yeah, I believe it to be true. I live in a pretty historically rich area, you know, the you know, right on uh you know, the coast of of the right at the mouth of Chesapeake Bay, Williamsburg, Jamestown, you know, Cape Henry, it's all right in right in the backyard. I have a very tenuous grasp of the regional history as well as national history. And I was born and raised in this area. Like sometimes I'm like, now which one was Jamestown again? Now who was up there? Which way? I know Pocahontas was involved. But was that Williamsburg? I cannot honestly for I mean, life you're, you're like elementary school field trips were like to the actual historical sites. Mine were like, we go to Epcot. You know what I mean? Like I, I in my neighborhood, like I could, I could walk to a house that is a national, is one of the top five oldest houses in America. It's like, you know, a, walk away and i've never even been Jesse. there like you know f- school field trips pull up and i'm like i've never really had a reason to go you know all right well listen <laughs> i got yelled at by a reenactor as a school as a student and you know that you got practice. yelled at by a reenactor i still remember what happened i remember it was like a revolutionary war re- 
<laughs> it's like a Revolutionary <laughs> War reenactor. I was like in like fifth or sixth grade. What did you and, do? And you know, he has a musket at, <laughs> at this reenactment. And I was like, hey, you know, I was kind of cutting up a little. I was living up to my namesake. Jesse's were wild cards, <laughs> you know. And I was like, hey, man, that musket loaded. And and he's like, sir, you know. And he's doing a dumb fake revolutionary time British accent. But he basically told me he's like, there's no point in having a musket if it's not lo- you know ready and loaded. And so a, a couple hours later, he does this fight. He does this demonstration how you pack it and load it. And he pulled the trigger, and obviously nothing happened because fake musket. I was like, I, from the back, I was like, I thought it was loaded. And then just everyone like snickers, and you know, we got we got a little talking to, and I had to wait on the bus for a while, but it was worth it. Listen, um, bro. That's how it begins. You don't talk trash to a person with a musket. No. Like if a person is that committed that they walk around with a musket, you're going to mess around and go get some some buckshot in your butt. Uh (laughs) I'm like, bow. You know what I mean? I don't want you to get buckshot. Y'all don't. Don't talk bad to people with muskets. Yeah, it's probably good advice. Uh, listen, we have a great show coming up. Uh, Aaron Cole joins us. He he released a great album last week. Hip hop artist, uh, the dude can sing, he can rap. Yeah, it, it's fantastic album. It, it, really, really good. Uh, he, baby, he baby Michael Jackson or baby Chris, baby Chris Brown. There you go. Yeah, I like it. He's anyway, good. he's coming up later, and uh, we also have your uh, question of the week feedback about water mishaps. You do not want to miss that. Uh, but before we get rolling. Uh, since this is Emily's, Emily's been on the show a bunch. She does a lot of the interviews. She's joined us. I mean, last week she was on Epic Battle, but this is the first time she sat in for the whole show. And mm-hmm. so, you know, listeners may be like, who is this person from Nacogdoches? I don't know her. So I thought we would take a minute and ask her some table topics questions to get to know yeah. downtown Emily Brown. All right, Emily, you ready? So ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, which three words would you use to describe yourself? Three words. I mean, personally, funny. Okay. Um, curious. Okay. I Google everything, anything and everything. That is very true. Like during our editorial <laughs> meetings, staff meetings, we'll be just, we'll be thinking like, what's the thing? And she's just like, Ta-ta-ta-ta. she's like fact checking in the yeah, middle of the meeting. Yeah, you can like hear my little fingers <laughs> typing. Um, and curious, funny. I like both of those. I'd like to think I'm friendly, but that also just might be a Texas thing where we're like all friendly, but I'll, okay. I'll still claim it. I'll claim it. All right. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me this. Uh, I have, <laughs> it depends on my mood because, you know, you got to be in the right mood. Emily has famously watched every cheesy Christian movie. That's Not been every, made. but way too many. I will say that. Well, can that we get true. can we get two categories? Your favorite movie, and then what what's the best of the bunch in terms of if I'm sitting down and I got the Left Behind series in front of me, the God's Not Dead, the Fire Awake. Yeah, yeah, if I got all those, I want to hear. I want to hear both. I want to hear Christian <laughs> and 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 your regular standard. Okay, I'll go. Okay, so one of my favorite movie. This is actually my comfort movie. So if I'm in like a sad mood, I will put this movie on. It is the Goonies. I mm. it just immediately lifts Classic. my spirits. So really, good. yes. But they, yeah. but they, but they like make fun of like the guy who has the handicaps and stuff. I always feel bad. The eighties. No. He, he's a hero. He's a hero. They of love the, sloth. He was a hero of the film. Eh, I've only they seen like it once. Take any, you've only seen it once. That makes me sad. And I was an adult, so I was just like, eh. Like yeah, it does, I, everybody talks <laughs> Goonies up, so finally, I, like I put it on to show it to my kid, and I was just like, "What's all the hype about? It's not that good go- of a movie." The Goonie, Goonies was 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 
it would never that movie would never come out in 2021 we'll just put it that way well, right. there's a but to be yeah. fair there's a lot of films you know i mean even <laughs> even ones that don't have like you know the the things that i think we've you know collectively as a society determined are are hurtful to to you know different then we got some of them are just dark like stand yeah. by me is about children finding a dead body like that one is sad that, it's rough. You, you know what i mean like th- they would that would not be when i was a kid it was like oh let's go watch stand by me that's a that's about a <laughs> bunch of seven-year-olds yeah yeah they're hiking into the woods to talk about childhood trauma abuse alcoholism and search for a dead body like yeah. i have yeah. a pretty a pretty strong feeling that's not getting greenlit for disney plus in 2022 here so so what's your what's your pick for best christian cheesy christian movie okay i'm glad you asked why does it have to be cheesy christian why they're all cheesy christian movie i haven't seen a christian movie there you go I have a full list. Okay. So it got a lot of bad rap whenever y'all talked about this a couple weeks ago. I liked Christian Mingle. I thought it was funny. It was definitely very cheesy. Um, I couldn't get over the fact that Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls was the main character. Yeah. That just feels like such a big fall, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, It's just terrible. Like it's so, it's so bad that it turns into good. So that would be my pick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Christian Mingle. At All one right. point, so she like fakes being a Christian. Let me just say this. She fakes being a Christian okay. and to research being a Christian, they have like a whole scene where she's in the library reading the book, Christianity for Dummies. That's funny. Like whoever yeah. came up with that, I think that's hilarious that she's like, All right, so was this, this made by Christians to like, what it, or was it made to poke fun at Christians or was it made by Christians for Christian entertainment? Like, Oh, it was definitely made for Christian entertainment. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it, oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. But it's kind of really, really bad. So you kind of yeah. laugh at it rather than with it. Yes. Yeah. And that's most Christian mm-hmm. movies. I, again, no offense if you're a fan, but there's just not, a, I can't think of a single good Christian movie. So you have to right. laugh. Oh God. Right. I, you watch <laughs> why it. Do, why do you watch them? <laughs> Why do you look at a car wreck on the side of the road? You just got to. You're morbidly curious. Like you want to see what's going on. Sometimes I watch like terrible movies to feel better about myself because it's like <laughs> at least at least I'm not making this kind of movie. And, yeah. you, you, okay, I like you know I, I will say if if people are looking for an actual Christian movie that is in, enjoyable to watch and and you know it's not the perfect film and it's a documentary to be fair, um, <laughs> but it's called Holy Rollers: The True Story yes. of the Card Counting Christians. That is one of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever seen. It's you know I I can't picture any you know christian being upset by the subject matter because it deals pretty head-on with you know the moral tensions of the protagonist uh which as you can guess are are you know train themselves in the art of card counting but their reason is they're church planners and they run out of money to fund their ministry and so they come up with this scheme to what they call it liberate the devil's money and that by going into <laughs> casinos and becoming some of the prolific card counters in modern history great documentary if you're looking for fun christian what's the name of it that's a good one holy rollers rollers. Rollers. liberating the devil's money into my bank i love that i love that yeah me too Uh, too. what celebrity would you like to spend the afternoon with oh my every single one um (laughs) uh, i'll go with harry styles because i just bought tickets to his concert yesterday (laughs) Mm. nice Uh, what's the biggest lie you told as a child Oh, my parents are listening to this. Um, I'm trying to think. I actually, re- mm, did I lie? 
I probably told my parents I was going somewhere I wasn't actually going. I really didn't. I'm like pretty honest with my parents. They trust me a lot for some reason. So what did you do that drove your parents crazy? <laughs> uh, talked back to them a lot. Like a lot. Still do. Sorry, parents. What are you addicted to? Celebrity gossip. <laughs> that's reasonably addiction. but i'm talking yeah. like there are things i know about celebrities no one will ever ask me about them but What's the, okay can i ask you can i ask you like i want to know question i want to know like the most underrated juicy celebrity gossip tidbit that that you feel like you find fascinating but almost no one else knows I feel like that's a lot of it. I feel like I need a specific celebrity. Okay. Um, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage? Oh, I feel like I know something weird about him. Um, there's so many weird things about him. Yeah. He owns a pyramid in New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like, I also know a lot of like the relationships. Like I doesn't, I don't know why I remember who like all the Kardashians have dated. No one's going to ask me that. But if you need to know, just text me and I will tell you. Uh, what was your most embarrassing moment? Uh, I've never done anything embarrassing ever, so can't really answer that. <laughs> do you have Do you have more mother or father issues? <laughs> what kind because of, we have them both who wrote on. These questions? We, we have them both on Zoom. Uh, Clark, bring them on. Bring on Emily's parents. What the world? Next question, please. What is your blood type? What is your social security number? What's the best and worst thing about being an adult? Uh, the worst part is you got to pay for everything. Mm -hmm. um, that is just truly awful. But the best part is you can buy whatever you want and no one can be mad at you. AKA me buying Harry Styles tickets yesterday. That's because you're single. If you're married and you, buy, you, you <laughs> okay. will have somebody. Why do we got to bring that up? You. <laughs> what? Everybody's single at one point. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Uh, did you ever throw away an item you wish you'd saved? What was it? Um, yeah, I'm actually weirdly sentimental. So there's stuff that, like for my like when I moved out of my parents' house, I got rid of just like some childhood keepsakes that I'm like I wish I would have kept those. I don't like I can't think of anything specific, but just in general. Right. Last question: What's the funniest thing your inner child wants, like currently? Um, like see, for me, it'd be like to go to outer space. Like I, I as an adult, oh my gosh, want to I go want to go to outer space. I want to go to outer space so badly. I would, if anyone's listening, it can get me to space. I will go tomorrow. Um, yeah, I'll definitely go to space. Can, can I? All right. I know we've talked about this a lot, but, you know, <laughs> people are going to almost space now. Is that what you guys want? Like, no, launch me to Mars. I'm not doing edge of space. I'm not doing edge of space. That's a, that's a one way ticket though, guys. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Is that what okay? A, what a way to go, you know? Like <laughs> I want, I want an orbit situation. I I want to lap the Earth. I don't want to go up for four minutes and come down. That's not. I got that's you. Not good enough. You know. You want to do but, like what NASA does, right? Well, I mean, uh, they had a crew. Uh, SpaceX had a crew a couple weeks ago that were up there for three days. You know, they they orbited the Earth for three days and they came back. That that feels like it's worth the effort. 
Like, give me that right. kind of a trip in a, in a few years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what does that accomplish, though? Well, like, when they're up there, it's like, all right, mission accomplished. What'd you guys do? I mean, I don't know. Just kind of looked around for a few. For the rest uh, of your life, you get to say that you were in space for three days. Cool. It's just bragging rights. Cool. Nice. But but if someone if someone came up to me and was like, hey, man, I was in space for three days, I almost think less of them. Like, because <laughs> I'm like, you're the type of, like, what did, did you get? Is your, are you related to, like, some sort of Russian billionaire? Like, it's very little chances you're an astronaut, like, from NASA. Even then, it's it's like, okay, if I if that was my singular mission in life, I could probably have gone to space if I wanted to. Just never had the desire. I mean, it's I don't go bragging to other people like, hey, cool, you into space. Oh, cool. You know, I record a podcast. Great. You do you, I do me. You know? One day everyone's going to be up in space. Who cares? That's that's my take. Yeah, I think you're gonna get left behind, man. I think as society is yeah. is it said, hey, this is a good thing. And you're gonna be I'm like this right whole here. Like, oh, right here space on planet kids. Earth. Jesse, yeah, would right you say that you're anti-space? Because I'm kind of yeah. getting that vibe. He and Very I went much. to space camp a few years ago, oh. and he was anti-space at space camp. How? I, tried to, I tried to sabotage the experience for everyone. What do you do and at space camp? What don't you do at space camp? You do all the training that the astronauts do. You do the water tank, you know, space suits. You do all the gyroscope things. You do all the stuff. You have like a flight suit and... You have missions. You had there was a simulator, a space shuttle simulator, and we all had different roles. And Jesse was the the commander. pilot. He was the commander, <laughs> and, and I, yeah, it was a whole thing. We, uh, think- we went because of Nat Geo. They they sent us. Emily, they just didn't appreciate that they had a commander who likes to play by his own rules and uh, maybe cut a corner here. But yeah. uh, did I land the shuttle safely? Sure. Kind of. Were the bay doors open and did we land deep into a swamp? Yes. But <laughs> did my team this have is, fun? This is, this is Probably true. not because they were all yelling at me the entire time. <laughs> they were but. yelling at him because mission control, like things happen uh, during your mission and you have to mm-hmm. solve them. So you have to communicate with mission control and stuff like that. And like all these lights were flashing and stuff. And Jesse's the commander and he's like, and they they have a script and they're trying to help him solve it. And Jesse, like, he's like, uh, problem solved. And then they're like, <laughs> problem was not solved. They're like, they, he's just like, he's just winging it. And then he lands us and we like ricochet the space shuttle ricochets and you can see the footage and we go off the runway. We smash into the, into the trees and then we look and it zooms out and he never closed the cargo doors on the top of the space shuttle. So he's landing First and our time doors are ever open. Done that. First time, that should be celebrated. That should be celebrated. I mean, that so, sounds like, to be honest, this sounds pretty, pretty cool and crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I picture like a back to the future type thing. You know what I'm saying? With some slick back hair. You just come in with the cargo doors wide open. With my fa- my know, favorite thing was the, the spacewalk. I mean, because they had like you get into an actual like you're like out, you know, the actual spacewalk uh, rig. And then they have this kind of zero gravity kind of pulley system. And so you can actually like bounce around like you're in space. And so that was really cool. I enjoyed that. Anyway. All right. Well, we got a lot to do. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up next. It's Relevant News. You're listening to Wavy. The song is Brain Game. 
Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from being happy or achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace? With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy sometimes. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And of course, you can message your counselor anytime. To top it all off, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash relevant. Okay, it's time for... Relevant. Please welcome to the show, Relevant Senior Editor and Emily's Boss, Tyler Huckabee, telling us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, Tyler. Hey, everybody. Hey, Boss. My, my two my two identities, <laughs> Senior Editor and Boss. Emily's Boss. What's going on this week? Um, all right. So, well, speaking of bosses... Actually, uh, I wanted to I wanted to to bring a little bit of context to a story that I feel like is getting talked about, kind of in the meme, uh, being memed a lot, but maybe there's not a lot of uh, understanding of our context around, and uh, and that's this thing you you may have seen uh, these these like signs about how nobody wants to work the kids these days just don't want to work the positions going being left open at Taco Bell for mm-hmm. weeks at a time, but the bosses just can't find enough people to to hire to work these jobs and it's being called by economists the the great resignation is this name that's being given and uh and to a certain extent there is some truth to the fact that there is there's a lot of open positions right now but uh the case when you dig under the hood a little bit uh things aren't actually quite as bleak or as negative around this as they look have you guys seen do you guys know what i'm talking about when i refer to this this uh these signs that are going around these pictures like you can't get into mcdonald's Yeah. yeah yeah it's all over it my favorite taco spot in my neighborhood shut down for a month and a half because they couldn't find any workers. They just reopened because yeah. it's crazy. I'm super, I'm super excited to hear what you have to say because I, I I posted a tweet not long ago. I'm like, someone help me out with this like because there's no way it's just people just sitting at home just right. not doing anything and just living off of federal stimulus money because they ain't got it ended. was $6. Yeah, yeah they yeah. gave us like, yeah. it was like $6. So, <laughs> Right. Went quick. So there are, I'm glad you're curious because there are a few, there's a lot going on here and we're kind of still in the middle of it. So we need to be careful about weighing in with too much like definitive information about a trend that is ongoing. But there is a little more to the story than just uh, signs on the front doors of McDonald's saying we can't open right now because there aren't enough workers. Uh, now, first off, what is true is that there are a record breaking number of Americans voluntarily have decided to part ways with their job over the course of this year, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They call these people the quits, which is a pretty negative word for it, and, uh, and an Man, unprecedented had, number had, of people. After I had tacos last week, I had the quits. And it, was, it sounds uh, like the quits. Yeah, it sounds it like was, the rookies. Yeah, like some rookies, rookies in the kitchen there, obviously, because it was, <laughs> it let was me just a say this, rough evening. evidently undercooked and over-seasoned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the quits, I'll tell you that. 
In August alone, 7% of employees in the accommodation and food services alone quit. That's just one field. And 7%, that's like one in 14 people in those industries in a single month left their jobs. Where so are they going? It is a, so, so it is big. So that's, so that's the question, right? Where are these people going or, or why are they going? So, one big thing that is being sort of underexplored here, but that is true when you, they started interviewing these people, is this growing, uh, it's being called the great rudeness, which is over the course of 2020 and early 2021, there was a huge shift in the number of negative customer interactions these people were having. People come, they're mad about mask mandates, they're mad about vaccines, they don't have a negative COVID test, they, they start ranting in the aisles of the Whole Foods, or they don't want to wear their mask while they, they're going into down at Taco Bell. And at some point, a huge number of people working in these industries were like, I'm not being paid enough to deal with these people. I need to find something that isn't forward facing because, you know, you're not making a ton of money at Pizza Hut and you are having to deal with as a 18, 19 year old, some very angry, very old, possibly sort of like at least verbally violent people. And you, mm -hmm. that's just not something that's healthy for these people to do. So they leave to find places where they don't have to deal with that. Are they going to like more like gig economy work because like the idea of working as hard as you work in the food service industry for basically minimum wage uh more often than not you know there are so many other options now you could drive for uber right. eats and stuff yeah. like that and make more money is it is it the shift like they're going that way mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. so that's sort of what it, it's tied to that a little bit and uh this sort of especially now that there are so many opportunities for people to work at home people want to find those jobs that's very appealing to people yeah. the idea of not having the office or your workplace being the primary centerpiece of your day-to-day -day life provides for for a lot of people, especially younger people who aren't used to going into the office, it's much easier to find a way to navigate a healthy work-life balance because they can work from home, put in their hours, get their time done, and then be around their family or their roommates or go do something else. They don't have to worry about the commute and they don't have to worry about hanging out with, like in Emily's case, a boss who maybe is trying to drain them for more time than they're actually being paid to do. Or they can just turn off their computer. You know, you know, it's not that big of it's much easier mm. to put up boundaries uh, between work and life when you're not having to worry about an actual physical space. That and you're you going can make to, more money. I, I mean, yeah. you can work, you can, yeah. you can do part-time work for Amazon from home doing customer service emails and make 20 bucks an hour. I mean, you, you don't have uh -huh. to work minimum wage at McDonald's anymore, you know? I, yeah. I, I love stories like this, Tyler. I'm glad you brought it because I feel like, you know, there's real value in reading beyond headlines and not just looking at anecdotal evidence and, uh, you know, presuming that it means one thing when it actually might in be indicative of another trend. Like maybe it's not a great resignation. Maybe it's a great migration of, you know, work right. and physical places to, to all like, I don't, I had an idea. But what's going to happen to the restaurants. I mean, like, like my, my closest <laughs> Chick-fil-A closed their dining room because Chick-fil-A can't hire enough workers to have the dining room open. I mean, it's just mm. like, what's going to happen to restaurants like they can't get workers and I like to there eat There is going to have to be a shift and, and this is true. There is going to have to be a shift in how these places just operate or think about their bottom dollar. The, the is what the, the place that's able to crack that is able to figure out how do we pay people enough or how do we make our jobs worth it for people to take these jobs? Can we do it financially or can we provide more space between them and bad customers so that they, this can be a positive work experience instead of a consistently negative one? Mm. 
Well, and I think it's also going to be an accelerant to a pre-existing trend, which is automation in, you know, yeah. physical mm. con- consumption places. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon's already testing stores at, I mean, most grocery stores you go into now, you can do your whole thing without interacting with an actual employee. Like you just go through the self-checkout line or, you know, Amazon has that store they're testing out where you just put it in your cart and it charges your account and you walk out the door. You know, obviously someone's got to stock the shelves, but more and more are moving, especially face to jobs that require face to face interactions and retail spaces are already moving towards automation. I mean, if you go to like, we have like one of those new Taco Bell kind of bistro type of situations near me mm-hmm. and you go in and you just put, type things on a screen, put in your card and, and that your food comes out on the counter. You know, like I feel like a lot of those interactions that are causing so much, so many headaches and, you know, the verbal abuse that a lot of these workers are, are subjected to. In a lot of places, automation is replacing those face-to-face interactions. And the businesses that, that can f- crack the nut for them first, I think, are the ones that are going to make it through, you know. Hmm. There is this idea that you've maybe, or at least that I heard a lot, I think a lot of people did, like, my grandpa worked one job his entire, you know, he was a 40-year company man, and they gave him a gold watch at the end of his time there, and that's the way it was in the old days. And I looked into that a little bit when I was doing some research on this story. It turns out that's just, the data just doesn't back that up. Actually, back in the 60s and 70s, people would change jobs more than they have over the last 20 years, more than millennials did, because there was just more... freedom to do so. The economy was in better shape than it is these days. You were able to have a little more time to find a job that you wanted to. It didn't feel quite so precarious to jump from career to career like it has in large part over the last 15, 20 years here. And there's some speculation among some economists that maybe that's what we're going back to now is uh, you try a career on, you see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, if you're not happy in it, then there's a little more financial freedom right now, especially with pandemic era loans, which you can't live off of long term. Term, but can give you a little bit of a cushion if you want to go try to find something else that's a little bit better for your overall well-being. Well, the the the, the stats have been uh, for the last decade or more that in your 20s, the average person has seven jobs in your 20s in those 10 mm. years, seven different jobs, which I paid a lot of attention to because we have a staff in their 20s historically. And right. You know, and so the, like that one or two year window is pretty much what we would get for most of the staff. And I was like, man, is that us? Well, no, this is normal. This is like just the trend. But it seems like what's happening now is specifically affecting certain industries like the food and retail industries. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, the customer f- interaction industries. Front facing. Yeah, front facing yeah. is like those are the industries that people are just leaving and going to other industries. And it, I like my thing is like uh, other than your automation thing like what are they going to do you know like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. i don't see anybody yeah. like aspiring to get a minimum wage job at taco bell you know uh, well, and, mm-hmm. and the thing is like i think big chains like taco bell mcdonald's i'm not as worried about them as i am about like local restaurants right. like my favorite taco spot. spot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there's a know, lot that have shut down yeah, yeah. And it, it's it, because you have that issue, but then you also have supply chain issues. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if I don't know who does the grocery shopping at you guys house, but my wife was telling me she was like beef is almost doubled in price, mm-hmm. you know, in certain places. Like one of our, our favorite spots, it's, it's, it's a chain, but it's called Jim and Nick's. And they were just like, yo, we just don't have any brisket. We went one day and it was like, we don't have any briskets. It's just too expensive uh, right now at, at the moment. So supply chain issues and not having people to work like man that 
that's going to hurt if we don't figure this out pretty but, but, quick. But, but I do feel like the other the other thing that I've read, I can't remember what outlet, but they were talking about how the supply chain thing, you know, uh, basically the long, long story short is it, this could signal a move away from globalization and mm. the dependency on, you know, it, like we, we get a lot of, you know, obviously consumer goods from China. We get meat from here, cows, you know, food comes from here, milk comes from here, all this stuff, you know, where it's probably going to be more localized again. You know, uh, the frailty of the global supply chain has been exposed like, oh, one bad thing could happen and it could have ripple effects for years. And yeah. so, you know, what that might do is we'll see more restaurants that they're su- that are supplied locally and then it's more people working at local farms and local sources of food and you suddenly see sort of the more localization the more localized the job gets the the more likely you're able to find you know people to work there because there's more of a personal touch and they can kind of put their own twist and they're not dependent on factors that are completely outside of their control and you know the move away from globalization may actually kind of I don't want to say solve these problems but transition the way or, or, you know, it might change the way people think about a lot of these uh, different kind of uh, uh, restaurants yeah. and the jobs associated with them. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Uh, follow Relevant on all the socials. We're putting out great content every day. Um, and uh, make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everybody. Bye, boss. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. Stay tuned. Up next, <laughs> Aaron Cole joins us. <laughs> You're listening to Remy Wolf. The song is Street You Live On. Well, today's episode is brought to you by podcast creation platform, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor yet, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. There are custom tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every major platform. The cool thing is you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Well, Aaron Cole joins us today. Uh, He's a Christian hip hop artist who just released his second album called Two Up, Two Down. He's already won the Dove Award for New Artist of the Year. He's had songs featured on Netflix's On My Block and been named Top Gospel Artist to Watch by Essence Magazine. Aaron sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee to discuss his journey to becoming an artist, the lessons he's had to learn and relearn along the way, and more. Here's our conversation with Aaron Cole. Yeah, they already know the state the city blessed. Yeah, I've been playing up when I flex. Everybody can't always stay the shit, bro. If you feel it don't matter, then your wins low. Cause we've been in the back since Rosa Parks. Way before arenas in the charts. I'm from Bristol, Virginia, born and raised. Um, but my dad had a studio back in our hometown, and um, it was just like a home studio setup. Like, we used like a church mic and this software called Hip Hop EJ4. So, 
different um, artists and stuff like that would come in and out of the studio. And me at like two or three, um, just looking up to my pops, like I started mocking people's lyrics, like sitting into sessions. And um, my uncle used to be a Christian rapper. Um, and so when he had his sessions, like I made sure I was in every one of his sessions. <laughs> I started rapping like whole verses to him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And so they were like, all right, let's give him a shot. And so they started writing um, me like stuff at like three or four. Um, I would memorize them and record them and do shows. I was doing shows um, in my city and stuff like that. And I grew up in church, so I would be performing in churches all the time, um, the whole night. Um, and then I turned 12. And that's when I say, like, I really gave my life to God for myself. And that's when I got serious about it. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'll never forget, like, I came home, I told my dad, like, yo, this is what I wanted to do. He was like, well, no, this is what you want to do. Like, you can't be like everybody else. You can't do everything else that, you know what I'm saying, everybody else is doing. And he was right. I did drop the album with one miss. My dogs got to fight, we like Mike Vick. Yeah. Oh, my God. The new view is so unique. My team just set a piece. I remember I was sitting in my room I walked into the living room My pops was like I need you to write me a hit <laughs> And what does that mean to a 15 year old But I was like okay cool So I wrote this song called 15 is the new 15 um, And I did this project 15 is the new 15 And that was the project that Toby heard um, To sign me I'm just hyped at the fact that it's like Okay somebody's interested in me You know what I'm saying don't know who I don't know Toby Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know that Toby Mac is Toby Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't put out artists until they're 18. And I was 15 at the time. It was like two or three years before I came out just in the studios writing songs and stuff like that. And I'll say like in that time, like it was really like a like it was needed. Like he was like Toby was right. Like I learned so much about just like character. <laughs> it really shaped like just who I am today to be like able to handle all this stuff that's going on. So I had to cook. I ain't wanna end up like Lenny Cook. I am a vet. I give a text to any rook. I can't get comfortable even though that I really could. And we up, so it's good. Like oh, I had to cook. Ain't wanna end up like Lenny Cook. I am a vet. I give a text to any rook. All right, so this album, it's obviously not a concept album or anything, but if there was like a, a theme to it or, or an overarching message to it, what would that be? I think for me, um, starting this album was right after I had won the Double Award, the New Artist of the Year Award. Nobody expected me to win that, you know what I'm saying? Um, I still had the, like, the number ones, all that stuff. Like I was in a good place. I had put out Not By Chance. Like that did well. I was just in a place of where I feel like I achieved a lot of the things that I said I was going to achieve. Not everything. I'm still not where I'm going to be, but I, I achieved a lot of the things that I said I was going to achieve. And in that process, like I didn't know what to do with myself because I put a lot of my identity in what I did. You know what I'm saying? Like I put a lot of my identity in like, okay, I'm I'm Aaron Cole, the artist, rather than, you know what I'm saying? I'm just Aaron. Like, to my family, I'm just Aaron. To my girl, I'm just Aaron. To my friends, I'm just Aaron. And so I came across everywhere, like, I'm Aaron Cole, and I put my identity in that. And so I think with this album, it took me, which is, like, I feel like the whole concept of, like, if you listen to it, every song, like, of remembering who you are and remembering where you came from. You know what I'm saying? 
it took me remembering where I came from to keep going, like remembering why I do what I do, my family, my city, you know what I'm saying, all that, the whole nine. So I feel like that's the most, you know what I'm saying, best way to say it is like, man, remember who you are, remember where you came from. There's a scripture, um, I think in First John, um, that was saying like, you dear children are from God. So it's like, I was like, man, if I'm from God, I should act like I'm from God, I should talk like I'm from God. I'm trying not to lose my mind. In the rear view all the time Keep release for my life on the line Instincts make me wanna just run uh, I'm trying to make it home to the moms uh, Trying to praise God with the rhymes Run the light, ain't no need for a gun uh, One bad move when I'm done uh, Trying to keep calling me uh, That she adoring me uh, I don't wanna follow me. Yeah, you a dog, but please don't talk to me You have any songs on it you're particularly proud of Or that were particularly uh, challenging and rewarding to get finished? My favorite song is probably Leave Me uh, with Jay Moss I think two two reasons. One, because I got Jay Moss on a record. Like <laughs> that was crazy to me. I got Jay Moss on a song with me. And he went crazy. Like he didn't like just give me like, okay, I'm gonna do the work for you. Like, nah, he went crazy. Um, two, I think that was one of the most vulnerable songs like I've probably ever written or, you know what I'm saying, sung. because um, I'm I'm usually like, man. It gotta be it gotta be a smash. It gotta have everything right, everything perfect, you know what I'm saying? The the right amount of hooks in it so the people, you know what I'm saying, love it. The right amount of, you know what I'm saying, the short the verses gotta be short enough for people to get back to the hook. Like I'm I'm always thinking about that. And I think leave me, it just it just kinda happened. So like I was working with Greg Cox, who is the producer. Um he's also going on tour with me. We was working on a totally different song. Like it was just some other song, and I started doing the melody for "Leave Me." Like I was like, but that was on the other record, and he just stopped. And he was like, "Oh no, that's something else." And he just started playing like those keys, and so I started singing to it. And it literally, it probably took us thirty minutes to an hour to write that song, and just the concept of people are going to let you down. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that are attracted to the the height of stuff so like when you're up at your best and you're you know what i'm saying whatever but it's like who are those people that's going to be with you when you're at your lowest you know what i'm saying sometimes you know what I'm saying it's only it's only our family or sometimes it's only those friends that's been there since day one but it's like even those people can still be trash friends at the end of the day and it's like the only person that's why at the end it's like i say i need thee because it's like the only person that really never leaves is god so um, that's probably my my favorite song. Oh, you need me. Only talk to me when you need me. Here right now, cause it's easy. When I'm down, are you gonna leave me? Oh, leave me. Free me. That was Aaron Cole. Check out his new album, Two Up, Two Down. It's out now. It's really good. It's like really good. Go check it out. All right, stay tuned up next. It's your feedback. listening to ralph castelli the song is pretend okay it's time for your feedback last week um what we were talking about haunted house 
hell house story. Hell stuff like that. that was traumatic. Uh, we wanted to lighten it up and we got talking about water mishaps. Yes, Derek, we ended up talking about the way we, the duck boat thing happened was Jamie's house was flooded like her area and there's right. like her road that got in and out of her neighborhood was flooded. We sent you that picture and so Jesse yeah. suggested that she should buy a duck boat that could go on land and water for these floods that happen apparently very regularly there where she lives. And so he, she could, she could give the neighbors a ride across the river. That's how that all happened. Anyway, it got us talking about water water mishaps, mm. boat mishaps. And that was the question of the week last week. We wanted to know your water mishap stories. You hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast and uh, elsewhere that we asked the question. And here's a few of our favorite replies. This one really seems, uh, <laughs> wow. I'm shocked at some of these. You know, I once owned <laughs> a lot of okay. A lot of water trauma. I was going to say, yeah. because I've always wondered, like, hey, I was in a boating accident. Boats seem like a very difficult, you're in open water, okay? Like, I can literally see you from a mile away, okay? Right. That's not figuratively on the open water. Hey, there's a boat way up there. Let's do everything we can not to collide with him. Considering we're not on a road with lane lines and I can literally go anywhere as far as the eye can see, I think avoiding that other boat way over there will not be a problem. Like, that is the, my, the least thing I'm concerned about when boating is like, man, I hope I don't hit another boat because yeah. we'll like turn I said, it to the Titanic because they hit an iceberg. So well, it, exactly, saying. but they didn't hit another boat. They at least at least that <laughs> kind of snuck point. up on them. You know, like they never say, man, that's the only the tip of the boat. No, the entire boat's out of the water. It's floating. Okay, like there's it's not camouflaged. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is from Jeremy Copeland. I once t boat with that in mind. I once t boned a ski boat with a friend's wave runner. <laughs> Me and my passenger went airborne over the boat. I came up from underwater with pieces of wave runner all around me, <gasps> all around me. This is my first and last wave runner experience. It's not over. When I was about nine or 10, my dad pulled our boat onto the trailer and then asked me to pull the truck up out of the launch area. When he's nine or 10, I went for it, but nearly sunk the boat trailer and truck all at once. Saw, saw water directly out my side window <laughs> and dad splashing next to me. I'll be honest. You put a nine-year-old kid in, in, you know, behind the in, wheel, yeah. you're kind of asking for it there, pops. Yeah, yeah. That, not the he's best. had two very traumatic water experiences. You yeah. know, yeah. smashing his. Yes, he's a land animal now. I like this one from David Renault. So he says, at camp, I got the genius idea of riding a zip line into the lake. The moment I launched, I fell off the 10 foot platform and landed on my face into the water. They caught it on film and played it on slow mo multiple times on the highlight reel. Oh. <laughs> And that's just—I'm oh, so sort of, sorry. That's but trauma. That's hilarious. That's funny. That's <laughs> just awful. multiple times because you know, like everyone at camp sees it. Yeah, and you know they probably put like some edits on it, like back and yep. forth kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Poor guy. Yeah. So my man Ben Stroop said uh, he was riding on the back of a jet ski with an inexperienced rider who crashed into a parked boat, <laughs> <laughs> and I flew overhead. And let it face first on the motor of another boat. Police and insurance were called. It was a calamity. And it was the youth group fall kickoff. So boats and youth groups apparently are not working well like camps. Let's leave boats in that. And then he says, honestly, it was an excellent foreshadowing for the entire internship, which included a 30-hour famine 
where we all skipped a breakfast meal to go to Chipotle and we were supposed to take yards, but I never organized gathering rakes. Oh, we're supposed to rake yards. So I never organized gathering rakes. So. What? Wouldn't you love it if you're like the elderly person at the church? Like you're the elderly woman at the church. They're like, oh, the youth group kids are coming from my yard today. And it's all it's just covered in leaves and they show up. Nobody's got rakes. And you're like, you know, you need those Oops. leaves removed. And you're just going to have them do it by hand. The old fashioned way. Just pick up the leaves one by one, children. That, you're going to be here all day. Yeah. Did you see it's, Emily rise? Emily said... Uh, whitewater rafting with co-workers. Okay, so hear this story with a boat full of your co-workers. Okay, oh, whitewater yeah. rafting with co-workers and got tossed into the rapids and caught by another boat at the end. But when they dipped down into the water to pull me out, I felt my pants get sucked down to my ankles, ended up with my head at the bottom of the boat and my bare <laughs> booty high in the air. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't? Who among us has that not happened to? Who among us has not gone on a leisurely whitewater rafting trip with friends and family and ended up bottomless? I mean, friends just, and family, coworkers. coworkers. And imagine the person in that boat who's reaching down to pull this person out from under the water, and a big old bear butt comes up. Like, like, what are you grabbing? Like, I'm not, I'm not grabbing anything at that point. Just like, how do you like go into work the next day? Just like after that, do you no. just ignore it? You and have never a very intimate it? relationship with your coworkers now because they just saw your butt. Yeah, yeah you so, find a new like at that point you become part of the great uh, uh, resignation and just find. <laughs> this one this one i kind of get okay so um uh this is from jordan and he said uh my family was going on a quote pirate tour on a boat in north carolina a worker came up to us and said to me and my siblings the crew asked you to stop all caps singing the gilligan's island theme song he was dead serious now i'm guessing he it's just because they hear it all the time. Like every, you know, probably I would say at least half the boat tours probably start singing that at some point. They're just tired of it. It's like when someone in the Facebook comments responds with more like irrelevant magazine. You're, it's not that it's not that yeah. it annoys you. You just heard it so much. You're like, can you just stop? Please, yeah. please stop. Yeah, just yeah. stop. You're not clever. This one. I'm like, we have to say this one. y'all. All right. This is from Thunkers Thinkers. <laughs> So I'm in just off That's the top, name. off the top, that name lets me know this is about to be a wild story. But anyway, <laughs> uh, don't particularly like water. Don't swim well, but don't trust life jackets. So <laughs> there's an issue here, but we just go keep going. He said, but I still find a way to get on boats. How do you not trust life jackets if you don't swim I, well? I, I'm like, how do why why didn't you trust life jackets? Why don't what you trust happened? life? What did life jackets do to you? I what did something happened. There's a story it, there. Right. Life jacket can't it not work. It floats. I mean, it's like it's not like I have a broken one and I and I died. I mean, like, I'm just I'm just a messenger. So yeah. <laughs> don't so, trust them. Th- well, Thucker Stakers said the week after graduating from college, I decided to go boating with friends. The day was great. And I didn't want to leave, but friends beached the boat to wait around. So I don't know what that means. Maybe that's you, you water pull term. up to like a sandbar or something like that. And then you can get oh, okay. out and walk around chill. you know, okay. Got a lot it. of sandbars so, or islands will have that where like boats just pull up, you know, yeah, you beach okay. the boat, you know? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah I, I, I don't, I don't swim. And I, so I don't know anything about this. I, Do you I, trust life jackets? <laughs> Uh, I don't swim, so I don't have to trust life jackets. <laughs> I just go. don't get on there boats. There it is. Yeah, I just don't get on boats. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
I've only been on one cruise and it was it wasn't good. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> moving on. So I finished taking a phone call and went to jump off the back of the boat to get in the water. I didn't jump far enough and my heel came down on the boat propeller, sliced it wide open, Oof. screamed a little, got back in the boat, had to end the day. Also, don't like doctors. So instead of going to get stitches, we cleaned it up and wrapped paper towels and duct tape around it for a two hour drive back home. Oh. Definitely should have gone to a doctor, but won't forget Definitely. the water boat story and was in much pain while moving into my second floor apartment two weeks later. Uh, Stunkers, thinkers, listen, I'm going to need you to stop taking so many uh, risks uh-huh. Uh-huh. knowing that you don't like the things that prevent you uh-huh. from getting hurt. Like, if you don't like life jackets, you need to stay out the water. And if you don't like doctors, you need to stop jumping over spinning propellers. Just, you got to stop. Yeah. You, did, you come on, man. I want to know, what does come he come like? On, he's, there's a lot of things he doesn't like. Yeah. Right. But I feel yeah. like we... We should maybe work on that. All right. Well, there's a lot more where that came from. Go check it out at uh, Relevant Podcast Twitter account. You should go read them. They're funny. Um, okay. It's time for... Editorial question of the week. All right. Well, it's that time of year. And uh, next Friday, uh, when we do your feedback, it'll be the last Friday before Halloween. And so a lot of people will be looking for those last minute ideas. And so that's what we want for this week's question of the week. We want to know your timely 2021 costume ideas. The more clever, the more of a reference to a cultural phenomenon, the better. That's what we want. We want your what are you going as for Halloween this year? Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or wherever you see us post the question. And we will read our favorites on next week's show. I want I want to go as this. I like scary costumes, so I'm going to go as the scariest thing in America. A uh, school board member. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I, no, I, got I got a great couple. I got a great. I got a great. I got a great couple's costume. One be the rise of one be the fall of Mark Driscoll. Like you have one that is like the big, the big toxic masculinity Mark Driscoll, and then the one that's like posts you know kind of charismatic weird uh, Mark Driscoll that's picking fights on Instagram. The rise and fall of Mark Driscoll on, uh, for your couple's costume. What That's do you guys think? <laughs> That's a deep cut. Yikes. You just you going to get an email around. about that one, dog. Bring it. <laughs> Please, send it. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, I want to thank Aaron Cole for joining us today. Go check out his new album. You'll love it. Honestly, it's really good. We've been talking about it in staff meeting. Also, uh, make sure to check out the fall issue of Relevant. It's out now. It's available at RelevantMagazine.com. You just click right there on the magazine tab. It's an amazing collection of content and it's presented ad-free uh, by UHSM. Go check it out. Uh, while you're on the site, you can also sign up for our daily newsletter right there on the front page where we bring you the top five trending stories at Relevant every morning. You can head over to the faith section where you can check out our daily devotional, deeper walk uh, devotional presented by Lumo. And uh, for all the latest, make sure to follow Relevant on all the socials. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're doing a bunch of stuff. Um, I think you'll like it. Okay, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. 
Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. You go to your room, Nagadocious. Relevant Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.